previously on The Crown, Queen Elizabeth finally okayed Diana and Charles' divorce, which led to Charles and Camilla bringing in a spin doctor to kind of make their public appearances seem a little better. And to be honest, that's all that episode really was. So let's see where things go in the finale of season five of The Crown this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. His name is Mohammed Alvaid. He got a big winky Alvaid. And we're at the end of the road. We're finally here, Dave. I've been saying it for weeks now, but it has felt like we've been talking about The Crown Season 5 for an eternity at this point. Uh, part, of us, part of it is us taking a couple weeks off in between with the holidays and stuff, but man, does it feel like we've been at this for a while. <laughs> It does. It does, and all the, all the people that are listening and in catching up for season six or whatever, just catching up later, probably like, why are these guys so down on this show? And you know what? I can see why people weren't buzzing about this show based on this season finale. And I can see, you know, I I'm grateful to the listeners if they're listening to us talk to this at this point because I'm I'm sh- I'm sure there's a few out there who may have been like, this season of the Crown wasn't quite what the other mm-hmm. ones were. Um, not to say it was a bad season. We did enjoy the season. Great cast. There's just some missed opportunities here, I think, or just not enough on it. Yeah, this and this episode is clearly this. You know, like at the end of the at the end of the Empire Strikes Back, when you're more queuing up for Return of the Jedi than you are satisfied with the ending of a story. Yeah, that's that's what this finale was. Was like next season, it's gonna hit the fan. Yep. And uh, to that point, Dave, today there's photos emerging of what looks like uh, Princess Diana's funeral that they were filming. There's some uh, lookalikes of William and Harry out there being filmed. There's a a Ginger Spice, a Jerry Howell uh, lookalike out there. Um, So So they're already shooting season six, right? Yes, the final season. But isn't, isn't it always like two years between seasons? Uh, typically, well, yeah, for the release, uh, well, no, 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 uh, in the past it was, I believe, the first two seasons came out back-to-back, and then skip a year, two seasons come out back-to-back, skip another year, back-to-back, that's why this started in 2016, and, yeah, so it it should be finishing later this year, The Crown. Yippee! We'll be back. <laughs> now, I actually do really like this cast, so I do have. Um, I'm not anti finishing yeah. the show. You know, I'm not a curmudgeon. It's gonna be. It's gonna be incredible. But by the time we wrap up season six of The Crown, it will be the show that we've watched the most episodes of any <laughs> that we've covered more than Downton. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Downton we did two movies, so yeah, we might have put more mileage onto Downton Abbey, though. <laughs> We're not Absolutely. playing the, we're gonna, the crown board game. We're going to put some more mileage on on Downton before we're through here. And who's to say is. we're not going to be like seventy year old seventy year olds watching like a hundred year old Julian Fellows put out season eight of the Gilded Age? Wait, what's the aging of, of us getting to seventy and Julian's only at hundred? I think Julian's kinda... got the adrenochrome. He's he's drinking something. He's, he's going to be around for a while. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, 
and I just hopped over to the Crown uh, page, and it's kind of incredible. The Rotten Tomatoes scored the first season 88%. That's the average of the reviews. Mm-hmm. Season 2, 89 3, 90%, 4, 95%. Season 5, 71%. Hmm. Fell down. Metacritic, 81, 87, 84, 86, 65. Hmm. I wonder if it's because the episodes are so concise like there's not that much going on and is it also just that point in history is there not that much interesting stuff well we'll, we can break that down more next week when we recap the whole season because we're not going to quit this show we're going to drag it out well uh, until you tell next week we'll have something special for the listeners but when we do recap the season we will uh have things to say Oh, we're not recapping next week. We're gonna drag no, it out we'll, for another couple weeks. No, we're, we have we're taking a field trip this weekend. Oh, that's right, right. They'll see when we get there. Um, but in terms of other news, there's nothing I can update you on on Down Abbey. There's nothing I can update you on on Poldark, Gilded Age. There's still an article again asking you know telling you when it premieres, but without telling you when it premieres. So uh, you can always rely on one of those. What, what award show happened? Uh, yes, there were the Golden Globes last week. And did the uh, crown win? I don't believe so. That award show is a sham anyway, so I don't think it really matters as we've mm-hmm. we covered. Uh, but in terms of TV show drama, it was not the crown last week. It was the House of Dragon that it beat. Or that beat the crown. Really? Isn't like Better Call Saul yes. in that category as well? Better Call Saul, Ozark, and Severance. And uh, Better Call Saul got beat by... <laughs> The Game of Thrones spinoff, that's, that's a blasphemy. I mean, it's the Golden Globes. They pay for these awards. There's not an actual like voting council. There is a voting council so far as that they get paid. <laughs> hush, hush, you know, to, to say things one. The Golden Globes are a sham. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, anyways. Speaking of rich people that are flexing their money, should we jump into the big return this week? Yeah, so this is season five, episode ten, decommissioned. All right, when mm-hmm. you talk about return, are you talking about uh, Doty and Alphayette? The Alphayettes. I was, I was very excited talking about Britannia. I was not talking about the boat. I was not talking about. The okay. Boat. I was talking about. I was talking about Doty on on a flip phone in 1997. Mm-hmm. That's money right there. That phone definitely did not exist in 1997. A flip phone, like a like a small like two way. You mean that was not a two way. That was like a that was like a my, the phone that was smaller than the phone that I got when I graduated high school, which was my first <laughs> flip phone in two thousand and six. Uh, well, that's not the only historical inaccuracy in this episode. Oh, we'll there's one. Hist- there, well, there's one bla- glaring historical inaccuracy that infuriated <laughs> me. Uh, and we'll get to that. But yeah, you're right. Doty's on uh, on his uh, his two way with his dad. He's got a girl for for him to meet. Yeah, what is he's trying to flip the house, or was he, he's trying to get a house too? Right, he's trying to get Michael Douglas's home. No, he's competing with Michael Douglas. He's, he's the other bidder. With Michael Douglas, yes. Uh, and yeah, because he wants to live in Malibu. Uh huh. With water. this, uh, with Kelly Fisher. That's yeah, a, a no name actress who is trying to be somebody, mm-hmm. a real person. And uh, this is an interesting bit because Dodie basically just asked his dad for $10 million. Right. First, he asked his dad to send 
Yeah, he asked for that to, to, to get the house. Then he's like, you need to meet this girl first. S- send a plane. And he's like, that's 50,000 gallons of gas. I can't I can't just send a plane out. Fine, I'll send the plane out for you, son. And what does Doty do with that plane ride? He just joins the Mile High Club. Joins? I'm pretty sure he's been a member before. He's a multimillionaire. Oh, that's true. Or he's he, a Nepo, he's, he's a, a Nepo baby. He's he's definitely enjoyed his uh the privilege. And we see and he's doing doing lines off the thing. That was unexpected. It's like, okay, it's one thing for this guy to just be hooking up with his girlfriend on a small private plane you, you just think about that too you got the pilot up there there's got to be someone inspecting the, the aircraft and they just kind of have to sit there while they hear Dodie and, and kelly in the background doing what they need to do <laughs> wasn't that the i mean that's why you have the private plane right i guess so but that's why you have private planes <laughs> to be able to do to whatever fl- you want in that <laughs> I, I guess so you got that kind of i mean ask, ask look at we saw charles later in this episode sitting in, in business class it's true looking like man i can't be doing whatever i want if i could just have a a vessel of my own, I would be fine. Yeah, but I, I did not take a Doty for a, a coke snorter. I mean, he works in Hollywood, so I guess that tracks. But at this point but, in time, he's in his late thirties, early forties, because he, you know, he's got to be thirty eight, mm-hmm. thirty nine years old when this takes place. And yeah. he, uh, yeah, it, it seems like he would be beyond that phase of his life unless he was an addict. Yeah, and they don't play him like he's an addict or a loser you know no they play him like he's a, a playboy they got seals fly like an eagle plane as he gets onto his g4 plane oh yeah the the, the subtitles loved acknowledging that it was seal specifically oh yeah it's like fly I mean, seals fly like an eagle resumes playing that's britain's pride and joy right there uh but yeah he's running lines uh, with this girl and, and they doing really, lines. It, it, well, he's doing lines and he's running lines mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh they they seem to be into each other. She she doesn't seem like a particularly gifted actress, but she's trying. She's giving it her all. Mm-hmm. And so we see them at dinner. Yes. And Do- Dodi and uh, uh, Al Fayed have uh, or Muhammad. Sorry, Al Fayed Muhammad. Muhammad Al Fayed because it's just Dodi Fayed. I don't think he's Dodi Al Fayed. Right, right, right. I'm bad. Um. So yeah, they're just talking in Arabic. And he wants to know, like, you know, what do you think of my girl? Oh, she's cute, he says in Arabic. <laughs> Dave, how does this conversation go, though? It's not good. It's not. I mean, this is definitely like you don't talk about Nepo babies and, and them getting everything they want, which has seemed to be a trend recently. But it seems like Mohammed is laying into Dodi. It's like your movies are flopping. Mm-hmm. You're really not making much of yourself. Like you're a bum, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come back and make the family name proud? And and Dave, just sort of some inside track uh, on how Doty's movies have been doing. Before this, he he helped produce the Scarlet Letter in 1996 with Demi Moore. Uh, wasn't the most faithful adaptation, and I don't. And it, so it's known for a lot of kids watching it and getting the spark notes wrong on, on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't do that great. And then before that, he executive produced Hook. For Spielberg, okay, but that wasn't a flop, was it? It was, but it wasn't a hit like they expected it to be. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, so it makes sense that Doty's like, you, you made that movie, Dustin Hoffman as as the captain, <laughs> and that giant alligator clock, Rufio. You had to kill Rufio. 
Come on, man. He said that was that was Muhammad's favorite character. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop making these movies. He's like, you think that's appropriate to make Tinkerbell have a crush on Peter Pan? Like that? <laughs> Robin Williams, you're so hairy. Why would you cast yeah, him? Julia Roberts would not go for that. Yeah. Uh, but no, that doesn't come up. But anyways, Dodie's like, I'll pay you back, you know? He's like, with He's what? Like, yeah. Um, and I guess Kelly's basically on the line for a lot of these um, ideas with this house. It's her a lot of her input. Yeah. So he's he's a uh, you know he's very deeply into this relationship with her. And, and Mohammed's raising the point of like you gotta watch out. You know it, she doesn't come from anything. Where's she from? Kentucky. She wants your money, man. Yeah. Got it. We want prenup. <laughs> That's what he says. That's what, yeah. I mean, well, it's because his wife is like they have a after the meal. He's talking to his wife and she's like. You know, I was just a model too, and he's like, "You were more than a model." I was like, "A double standard, okay. double standard <laughs> yeah, just, model." Just a little bit there, but all yeah, well, fair, fair. Just being fair to Doty, he did earn his money, so it's up to him to do what he wants with it. So he didn't earn that, that kind of throwing money. around money. Eh. I mean, I think he worked. Doty. He he's not worthless. No, but anyways. Uh, is that it for Doty this do- episode? Does he? No, he, play, uh, he we we do see that he places a, a deposit on a house in Malibu, and I think I was just mis- misspeaking there. Mohammed did earn his keep, so he has a choice to say. Yeah, Mohammed earned his yeah. keep, but I'm saying Doty. Yeah, Doty didn't earn Muhammad. his keep. No, yeah, Doty just got an Oscar. That that's it. Um, you're right. You're right. But yeah, Doty does place a deposit on the house in Malibu, and it seems like you know he's really going to. Put it down here with this Kelly girl. He's really serious. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to go great for them. Meanwhile, Mohammed, he goes to the ballet. He's, yes. he's got eyes on it. <laughs> but then he's got eyes on someone else. Mm-hmm. It's Princess Diana. She's across the way. These two cannot keep their eyes off each other. You can't tell me, like, this is not the romance we want to see. They have innate chemistry when they're on screen together even oh, when yeah, they're looking yeah. at each other across the room what's this uh, Salim Daw who plays Mohammed and Dabiki they, mm-hmm. they might be a thing That's, I'm shipping that. again we said this earlier in the season why do we have to be so rigid and strict to what actually happened in history we've already diverted enough just make Mohammed date Diana we all want to see it <laughs> that would be just, a great they end have... of the show Dodie's, oh, Dodie's like what happened to my family <laughs> they just ride off into the sunset together. There's just so much chemistry there. You can't deny it. I mean, because she's saying, like, I can't go anywhere. And he says, 20 minutes. The diner. Come on. Y- yeah, come on. Uh, and then they, they follow. The paparazzi follow Muhammad. Bombarded by paparazzi. And they're eating dinner. And she's like, I just can't escape it. I thought being uh, divorced would stop this. But it's only gotten worse because they don't have the kind of protection that I used to have. Mm-hmm. And Muhammad's like. Come with me and my, my girl to San Tropez. <laughs> Bring the kids. You can have a burger down there. Just be protected. No one's going to pay attention to you. He's like, guess what I got for the kids? French fries. Yeah. I got a deep Sunshine. fryer. <laughs> you got sunshine, shopping, and a yacht. You'll oh, love and jet it. Skis. Jet skis. Jet for skis. The boys. There you go. 
And his bodyguards, they're all special forces. They'll put those people down. They don't care. In a Santro Pay, uh, all the rules are off. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and honestly, that seems pretty appetizing considering, like, I don't know, the show is making the paparazzi look ghoulish, which is, like, kind of... I mean, I understand that this will unfortunately lead to her demise, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't like seeing the way they portray like her being haunted by all these people because we know how it happens, and it's just, it, I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. like they're draining it for some dramatic effect that just feels like makes me feel queasy that they, that they're doing this. For well, I think it's pretty accurate. Sure, sure. It just, I don't know, it doesn't sit right. Well, it we already know we, enough. We about talk this. about how paper thin this season is. The fact that like the paparazzi bothering Diana has been a recurring theme. Yeah, it, it, they just keep doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it. So yeah, I do, I get it. Yeah, and it's part of it too. Is you know, with these events, we lived through them, or a good portion of the audience has lived through them. So like, it hits a little different in that we're seeing it recreated, you know, so intensely versus something else because we have a relationship with what happened here. So it almost feels like I'm watching, you know, <laughs> the preamble to a, a snuff film it doesn't feel great so mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, especially when they're swarming her in the car it's not great yeah but yeah diana she's off to to Sancho pay yeah and we also get a scene in the beginning of this episode where diana's sitting alone watching this tv special about the british public and do they appreciate the monarchy and mm-hmm. It seems like overwhelmingly every time they ask a question about, you know, do you like this person? It's always a lot of no's, you know, at least the, yeah. at the very least the room is split. And yeah. Diana, do you want keeps, a monarchy? she keeps and calling yes. this number to, you know, yeah. it's like casting a vote for American Idol. Now she has the era she specific can... phone when she keeps mm-hmm. redialing. Yep. Because she says No. And that's on the vote of whether you want a monarchy. And then they announce the results and they say, well, it looks like people say yes, they want a monarchy. And she just turns she, the TV She wasted on. a couple dollars of phone bill money. Yeah. I mean, she's only getting $400,000 a year kicked back after that initial uh, lump sum. But, yeah, it's a good time as any to ask those questions because it's the queen's birthday right now. Mm-hmm. And so she's getting some gifts. She gets some rubber gloves. Uh, she gets a, a nice painting. No, a photograph, and, right, from Charles? Yeah. Something, yep. some, it's somewhere where he, it's a little stuffy of a gift where she's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. But, you can but tell then she, she gets really a gift doesn't. that she truly loves. Which, does, which is, doesn't make any sense. A, the big mouth, possible big gift mouth or, Billy. A big mouth Billy Bass. It's... I was infuriated watching this. If, again, a significant portion of the show watching it was alive when it took place. Big Mouth Billy did not exist in 1997. It, no. it, it only hit in the late 1999 to 2000 time frame. It really took off in the early 2000s. How did they get their hands on this Big Mouth Billy? It didn't happen. And if you go on the Wikipedia page of Big Mouth Billy, they literally outright have a note. Inaccurately, the crown shows the queen receiving uh, Big Mouth Billy in 1997. It mm-hmm. didn't happen. So, come on. They're just teeing off on the fact that this is true. Queen Elizabeth did have a Big Mouth Billy. She was a big fan of the toy. But 
she did not get it in 1997. Come on. Protect your credibility, the crown. Yeah, come on. Peter Don't Morgan. you know better? <laughs> this is this is too easy. Come on, man. Yeah, because I know there's like a Sopranos episode where they get Tony a Big Mouth Billy Bass. And it's like concurrent to when it's happening. And there's no way that Tony <laughs> Soprano and Queen Elizabeth are getting the same gift on the same holiday. Well, I mean, maybe they are, but no. not in the narrative of this show. <laughs> Well, the Sopranos didn't start until 1999, so there you have it. Exactly, that. so there's no way, and it's not season one. No. Well, so that's our, that's our rant on Big Mouth Billy Bass. It, it but was, she loves it, and everyone loves it. Dave, you had a Big Mouth Billy when we were kids, right? I think I had a knockoff one. It wasn't actually Billy. It was another, it was like a catfish. It definitely, yeah, de- yeah, it was a catfish. De- definitely played around with it enough, though. Um so yeah, the queen, she's hanging out with her family. She turned off the telly when she saw the voting was going her way. And Margaret kind of chimes in like, I don't know if the voting was going entirely your way, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth. Um, but catching us up on the news that there's been a landslide vote for, for Tony Blair mm-hmm. as prime minister. He's going to oust John Major. And it's all coinciding with this handover of Hong Kong back to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking it back. So they're going to send Charles over to Hong Kong in her place uh, to oversee the, the handoff and deliver the message of, you know, wishing them well while she's in Canada. Great. Seems like and when again, she sent Diana to go meet Mohammed Al-Fayed in that episode earlier in the season, it seems like she's passing the buck. Yeah, and, and this is a significant thing where... And history shows that this is essentially the end of the British Empire, where they mm-hmm. just stopped residing over lands that really didn't belong to them, um, and handed them handed them away. And and so Prince uh, Phil fairly says that you know the Queen doesn't give up you know the land. You know this is like a sign of weakness for her to kind of do that. So mm-hmm. don't do that. Send send someone else. But at the same time, it just shows the how little in some respect she thought of uh, Hong Kong or uh, as part of her empire there. Yeah. How little she thinks about this as a a monumental moment for a a nation of people, which is ironic because they still have a, a a statue of her to this day in in Hong Kong because that was part of their stipulations. Uh, Okay. Well, good for them (laughs) for honoring that. But I mean, this was a big moment because there was a lot of anxiety around that time in Hong Kong about the uncertainty around China reclaiming them. And again, they did it with the pretense of that it would take place uh, 50 years after the, the, the initial handoff, uh, like they then be integrated with China. And we're already seeing China accelerate that right now, or mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, so like, just trying to consider how many people were going through this uncertain moment and just how little Elizabeth cares really does a great job of reflecting how out of touch uh, she is with the general public. And, and Char- Charles kinda, keeps trying to double, you know, tell her that that's what's going, you know, you are out of touch. Right, right. I mean, he, that comes up in a later conversation that, you know, what you've done that worked for so long isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Where, so where do we want to go from here exactly? I mean, I think we can, well, so let, let, let's trace Tony Blair a little bit. Mm-hmm. In this boat, so I think the, the 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 episode title comes from the fact that they're decommissioning Britannica or Britannia, her boat. Britannia, yep. 
And this is a big deal for her because as everyone has made a big fuss about in the season, the boat is her like only, you know, like she has no palace of her own. She has no like landmark of Mm -hmm. her own. This is sort of her, the Queen Elizabeth item. Yeah. So this means a lot to her to see it go away. Yeah, it's a symbol of her service, the way it's kind of kept trucking throughout all the years, uh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they, they want to decommission it, and John Major, who's on his way out, says, you know, I could work some back channels to maybe try and push back and and have them, you know, keep the boat for you. Uh-huh. That's the last thing I can do for you. And, and they have a, there, there's a nice scene between Majors and uh, Elizabeth where, you know... He acts totally dumbfounded at the fact that he got obliterated by Tony Blair. Yeah. But uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth said she's one of his favorites, or one of her favorite prime ministers, and holds a warm place in her heart, especially considering mm-hmm. that he mediated in the divorce of the of course. prince and princess. <laughs> that uh, absolutely took place. And Major is like, yes, that's right. That's <laughs> I'm what glad I, I could did. have done that. Um. And it's funny, uh, the Tony Blair, the way they show him here, he comes off in the brief moments a little bit smarmy and obnoxious, mm-hmm. uh, and which is a different f- cut from how he came across in The Queen uh, mm-hmm. w- with uh, uh, back in 2006 with uh, Helen Mirren as her, where he seemed a little bit more charming. It seems like with time and how we've gotten removed from that and seeing how favor turned on Tony Blair they feel a little bit more okay with making him seem like a little bit of a annoying character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, who played him in that? Was that Martin Freeman? No, 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 no. Uh, it was, uh, you're thinking of, uh, he was in the masters of sex. Uh, I'm looking it up I, cause I gotta know. He, cause he played him. In, he's frost Nixon. He's frost and frost. Nixon. <laughs> 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 Listeners are like, come on, man. <laughs> Find the name. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Martin though. Freeman and Jason, for sure, though. No, it's Michael Sheen. Michael, Michael Sheen, Sheen played Tony Blair in in The Queen. Is it The Queen? Am I it's that The Queen, wrong? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he played him in multiple uh, things. Uh, Tony Blair. Uh, Michael Sheen has Tony Blair. But either way, he seemed charming. That, that's the mm-hmm. point we're trying to get at. This guy does not. Uh, he has a, a shock of hair shooting back from the back of his head Mm -hmm. and uh he comes in there like he owns the place so they have a scene er early on in his you know new uh regime well you see the the change of power where john major is like well you give up your home which answers that question we had the other week of like i guess the prime minister just leaves lives in the same apartment (laughs) yeah and then tony blair inherits it and he's telling the queen and the family well, we can get you a new boat. You're just going to have to lease it from some company. It'll be in your name and service, but you won't own it because <laughs> that would mean that uh, the people would have to pay for that and the people aren't going to pay for that. I'm part of yeah, the Yeah, and it's, it seems like, and I think he, he implies like, maybe you can own it. And yeah. when the government needs it, you know, when you use it for government stuff, we lease it off of you. And Elizabeth is like, absolutely not. Yeah. Couldn't be further out of touch there. And even Charles is like, that's actually a good idea. This is what companies do. Mm-hmm. And this is fueling oh, the fire. This is what, like, like, 
why this is what freight companies do or something and then prince philip was like we're not a freight company yeah um it's like no you're just like like, five individuals who use this thing once every other year and you really represent nothing at this point in time anymore (laughs) yeah uh well, the best part, and this is a nice little uh, piece of uh, only only culture that people in Connecticut would get. Mm-hmm. Blair wants to rename the boat or name the new boat, the New Britain. <laughs> and for anyone that's familiar with Connecticut, New Britain is a town in Connecticut that is the halfway point between Boston and New York City, and it's infinite mm-hmm. infamous for the fact that it's where uh, drug transactions happen between. New York people and Boston people. That's why it's there's New Britain, a high baby. crime rate in New Britain. So when they You'll said, "Oh, Tony Blair there in the that's going to be a yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah." And and they bring up the point that wasn't that Tony Blair's slogan? Yeah, yeah, it was Tony Blair's slogan. <laughs> uh, so they're not too hot to that idea of the New Britain boat. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that's when the Queen's like, you know what? Enough is enough. Time for a change. Time to decommission the Britannia. Let's do it. Let's say goodbye. Yeah. It's going to have one last mission. It's going to pick up uh, Chuck from uh, Hong Kong and bring him back home. But not before he goes on vacation with Camilla. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, in in between all that. He's going to take it on vacation with Camilla and some friends. Yeah, yeah. But they, so they have to fly out there first. Yeah, and this is and, where there's a bunch of people in first class or, or whatever, you know, bougie class, and Charles is stuck mm-hmm. in business because they couldn't get him a better flight. Yeah, the the, the I forget the name of the of the helper there uh, at the royalty, but he has to break the news to him. No, it's Boland. It's the PR guy that they liked. He, he's breaking mm-hmm. the news to him, like, oh yeah. Uh, so there's one thing we can't change. You're going to be in business class, and Tony Blair's going to be in first class. And Charles is like, see, this is what they're, they're doing to us. We don't matter anymore. <laughs> and then we have that classic scene that you get in like Bridesmaids and all these other movies. Mm-hmm. Where he's looking up in first class and it's all his like contemporaries, you know, shooting the breeze, drinking having champagne. fun, <laughs> drinking. And then we see the stewardess go and take the curtain and slide it. And Charles is left like, imagine being that guy who just like winds up next to Prince Charles on a plane <laughs> in the late 90s too. So this is not like you've got an iPad or something like that. You know, you're probably turning that reading light on and yeah. you're using your Walkman. And you have to turn it off when there's turbulence. So, like, there's there's a real chance that there needs to be some serious interaction between whoever's near Charles on this plane. Yeah. Uh, and apparently th- this actually did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the flight commercial uh, that time. And so, he, was it Charles wrote that he, he found himself and his staff on the top deck of a British Airways 747 in which was a normally club class. It took me some time to realize that it was not first class, although it puzzled me as to why the seat seemed so uncomfortable. So you literally could have sat this guy anywhere on the plane and he would have thought he was in first class until he realized, oh, wait a second. This isn't where uh, these seats aren't the usual size. That's not the usual snacks I get. Wait a second. These are pretzels. I'm in coach. What is going on? Why is there all this luggage here? That's- uh and he goes, and it's raining in Hong Kong. 
But after mm-hmm. his little speech about, you know, I think Charles understands the importance of, of, of letting go of this, you know, vice grip on all these other nations, the colonies. Yeah. But we see he gets the ear of, of Tony Blair. And I think he's really, I don't want to say he, he does a good job because this is a strange conversation in the beginning. Yep. Where, where it seems like he's talking about politics and everything and, and, and the succession, the stuff that we've heard before from him, of you know, having to wait to be king and stuff. But then it takes the form of like, they won't even let me get married to the woman I want. Can you believe that? <laughs> but the way he starts it, he's like, you're the first prime minister who's basically a daughter to the queen. Oh, right, because you're younger than me. <laughs> and then he goes through this whole thing where he says, well, Churchill was old enough to be your grandfather, and this one, and Anthony Eden was old enough to be your father, and this guy was old enough, and, you know, Thatcher's her sister, and, and now you, mm-hmm. you're her son. And he's like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. And we see Tony Blair on the plane ride back uh, with his wife saying, it was strange. He was just talking to me about personal stuff all of a sudden out of nowhere. I, I, I don't know how to react. And we see that uh, Elizabeth gets gets a phone call about this this sort of meeting, and she's already concerned. She's yeah. in defense mode right now. This is, a, see, this is pretty unusual for her to be in this sort of defensive mode over Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's up to something. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, she gets also the news that the princess wants to take the two princes uh, down to the south of France. And she's like, oh, I guess that's just how divorce, divorces work, you know? Yeah, with they, that with they... Al-Fayed, she gets the whole dossier. She knows what's going to happen. She goes, wait, they're going to have hamburgers and french fries? You serious? <laughs> can't have that. They're going to have so a cheeseburger in paradise? Are you serious? Or What's going on? <laughs> Elizabeth ain't about it. <laughs> She, and she hits the big mouth Billy button and then it starts singing Cheeseburger <laughs> in Paradise to, to the river. <laughs> and she starts laughing and she loves the big mouth Billy. Um, but yeah, Charles comes back and they have the conversation we alluded to earlier where she, she tells him, you can't be getting in the ear of Tony Blair and stuff. Who do you think you are? And then she's also like, you can't be taking Camille out on my boat. Mm-hmm. And Charles is like, are you and serious? That's what, that's what she seems most miffed about even more than even the Tony Blair thing is that, you know, he's parading around this woman as if, you know, that's his new love and stuff. And Charles makes it clear, like, I love her and you can't tell me what to do, ma. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm going to spend my time with her. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take some uh, time for uh, Elizabeth to, to accept that. Yeah, well, so, you know, Elizabeth... <laughs> We're seeing those true colors. She put the kibosh on that years ago, and now it's coming back to bite her because she didn't let him follow his heart. Imagine being the queen and seeing photos of them down in Manila and be like, man, what is going on down there with those two? Come on. I got Phil. Yeah. He was a hunk back when I married him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Charles makes the, the, the case that my behavior isn't threatening the survival of the crown, you know? Yours is. <laughs> But uh, and, and yeah, we'll be left with nothing if we don't, you know, be flexible with the way you're carrying on with things. That's queen, an interesting. Queen, I mean, it, it's I like that Charles has a pair and is able to say to his mom, you know, yeah. you need to be more progressive. You need to follow my lead a little bit. 
It's, Which is so ironic because just based on the Charles that we know in this day and time, he's not very progressive. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be that way. Um, but yeah, he's he's telling her that, and it seems like it takes her hits her to heart because she's like, you know what? I'm going to just go spend some time with my Britannia. Get out of here. I want to see this boat one more time. And so we get a montage of her walking around her boat that she's saying goodbye to. We get, we see uh, Mohammed on his little uh, dinghy pulling up to his yacht. <laughs> He's got a boat. Now that's a, he, that's a boat right there. That's a boat. He paid for it. I mean, couldn't they have just told Queen Elizabeth you can get a yacht, a really nice yacht instead? Do you but I mean, is it, wasn't yeah, wasn't um, Britannia was a yacht of its day, like a cruise? You know, it's like a liner. It's huge. Yeah. Let's get something, you know, fancy. Yeah. And that's uh, this season of The Crown pretty much right there. Yeah. We'll unpack the, the season some more. Uh, interesting note to end it on. Usually I, f- I feel like the show at least finds some kind of way to tie it all together. I'm kind of surprised that Peter Morgan chose the boat to be the thing to bring it together because... At the end of the day, like if you want us to feel sympathy for Elizabeth, it's not going to be about because she lost her boat mm-hmm. <laughs> and being put out the pasture. And they and they have the same clumsy writing in this episode that's kind of dogged the series, especially this season, where Prince Charles at one point says, uh, "Was it with them de- decommissioning the the boat?" It's like she felt she was being decommissioned. It's like, oh come on, <laughs> come on, dude. Th- thanks for telling us exactly what we're supposed to think yeah. here. Well, I think, and we'll talk about this later, but. If 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 the goal was to sort of shift the sort of a character from Elizabeth to Elizabeth and Charles and Diana, it kind of failed. And this is yeah. episode is a good point because you're still like you're you find yourself a little bit like we're talking about why are we re- hitting these same beats with Elizabeth over and over and over at the end of the season? And the answer is because she should not be the only character that's the number one. Mm-hmm. But the way that the show plays, she is the only character who's number one, you know. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. That's uh, I think that's the reflection of the season on a whole. That makes sense why people aren't so fond of it. There you have it. Yeah, well, that's my theory. Well, yeah, and we'll talk about that some more later. But let, let's get to these power rankings. Dave, who do you have going down? Uh, at number three going down, I got Elizabeth. I got Elizabeth also at number three going down. She, she's out of touch. And she got yep. to say goodbye to her boat, and I think she's made a good offer by by Tony Blair, and she doesn't take it. Good goodbye, Queen. Bon voyage to the Britannia. Mm-hmm. That's that. Yep. Who's number two going down? Well, I got our our boy John Major, number two. Yeah, he's out. He's out, and he has a nice. You know, he was pretty steadfast this season, aside from the stuff with his wife last week. He's been a pretty good character, <laughs> which I don't think we'll get any follow up on. It was just no. there to let us know. Well, maybe it we'll was get a like rough... the, the Muhammad Al Fayed John Major comedy hour or something on Netflix. Why not? Yeah, maybe, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like his last moment because he has that he has the line where he's like, "Man, I know the projection said that Blair was going to kill me, but I thought for a second <laughs> I could still do it. I thought I could. Thought I could." And he says, "Like I've won, I've done so well before, and I just got obliterated by Tony Blair." Yeah, yeah Tony will get you. Well, and number two, I got Charles going down. Mm-hmm. He's just got a miserable week, you know. He he 
He can't be seen out in public with Camilla without getting, you know, attacked by his mom. Uh, he's no longer in favor. They make note of that. Like, you know, the queen is now more liked than you again, Charles. <laughs> you, you suck. Um, and, uh, yeah, he has to go deliver this speech in the pouring rain in Hong Kong. He barely get his words out. It's downpouring so heavily. And then, uh-huh. as the queen reminds him, it's my words. <laughs> Charles has got nothing going on. Poor guy. Well, that's why I have Charles at number one going down. Oh, yeah? And he has to ride freaking business class. It's pretty rough. I got the Britannia at number one just because it got decommissioned after all those years. I, w- I was think considering putting the Britannia in, and it was a season-wide character of sorts. I mean, John Major failed to, to get it done. It had to go Again, away. Again, yeah, another uh, said, John, John Major. You played yourself. He's not too major. More like John Minor. Oh, at this point. <laughs> well, who do you I'm have? sure that had to be a, like a, a headline back then. I'm sure Probably. Who do you got going up? Uh, number three, I got Muhammad. This guy still knows how to be a boss. He makes eyes at Diana. She can't even look at the ballet. And, you know, she loves, you know, the ballet because she was a trained ballerina growing up and stuff. But mm-hmm. she just can't keep her eyes off this Muhammad guy. And he's like, come to Saint-Tropez, south of France, bring your children, we'll get you the burgers. <laughs> the French fries. Was he pitbull all of a sudden? No, that's on me. That was on me. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I got I got Hong all Kong right. at number three. Okay. Really? Going up? <laughs> They're going up. They're away from they they've broken the, the binds of the colony. They're no longer okay. part of England. Sure. That's a big big win. I I don't know. I don't know if Hong Kong would agree with you there, but sure. Well, uh, number two, I got Tony Blair. This guy steamrolled John Major. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves him, and he's he's coming in like a hot rod. Everyone wants to be him. Charles is definitely envious of him. Yeah, yeah. Guy could make some change. He's the representative of the Labor Party for the first time. Represent. Good job. Well, I got I got Doty at number two. Okay. Because this. <laughs> what is did a, you do this episode? He's a nepo baby. He asks his dad for ten okay. million dollars to buy a house. He gets it. Okay. He's, he's got a, a supermodel, fiance, girlfriend, actress. You know, Barbie. actress. Not, not supermodel. Yeah, not supermodel. <laughs> well, yeah, not. They do allude to him having a bunch of supermodels as girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets this really nice house. He he's yeah. He gets the plane flown out for fifty G's. Mm-hmm. It's a good week to be a lazy bum who's not that talented. Sure. And has his dad's money to spend. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I got China at number one because China is the one who really won. They oh, got yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, kudos to them. They played the long game. They just waited it out. And Britain eventually, it was just in the 80s when this decision was first made. And then they took a long time to broker the deal, like having a statue in the queen of the queen there to this day. Mm-hmm. So, congrats, China. You, you got them. You got a Hong Kong. Hope you're happy. Yeah. Well, I got Tony Blair at number one. This boy, okay, he's progressive, and he's he's human enough to have a, a weird conversation with Charles and then go tell his wife, like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is these people are nuts. <laughs> They're strange, and we saw that same conversation with John Major, and you know, to some degree, Margaret Thatcher. Everyone's just like, I don't know about this family. <laughs> Why crazy. are they royalty? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit off. And it's just so true. You put people in this situation where they have to preside over people, yet they don't have any reason to do so, or mm-hmm. there's no real formal training for it. Why Why is this still a thing? 
I don't know. We don't, yeah. <laughs> that's the crown for you, baby. That's it. And that's season well, five. That is season five, and we'll break it down as a whole more in depth in a week or two. Uh, Dave, what else have you been watching? Uh, this week, I don't think too too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. not. I watched a couple movies, but that's really nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing noteworthy, really. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've been watching a lot of Royal Rumbles. The Royal Rumble is Saturday. Oh right. And I always like to sort of get hyped up for that. So I've been kind of on Peacock. What favorite place to get Downton Abbey? Watching the most riveting WWE program of the year. You know. It's it's a darn, a darn good one. <laughs> it's yeah, good background noise. Do you have a recommendation of a rumble for people to watch? Uh, oh boy. I, well, two thousand two thousand one <laughs> is a good one because that that's okay. got some. Yeah. That's that's a classic one. Another one, the more recent one, I think I like the um, is it twenty twenty sixteen or seventeen? Uh, no, twenty seventeen, I think. Because hmm. there's there's some interesting ones. Yeah. There was one that we watched, uh, just a little little. Uh, side tangent that we watched on a laptop at MAGFest at the video game convention that Mm -hmm. I had not seen since we watched it on that laptop and I watched it on TV with the sound all the way up and it is a totally different experience than what we watched on that laptop it is insane (laughs) so I I would not recommend that one but that was a fun one to (laughs) rewatch because we were like drinking beers on a on a on a hotel room bed watching on a laptop because my Xbox 360 wouldn't connect to the hotel TV. There you have it. And that's it. So revisiting those. What about you, Corey? Yeah. Uh, you watched them all recently. I, I looked to catch up because I saw a couple of the contestants were on this dating crossover show that's coming to Netflix. So I wanted to just familiarize myself. I watched the whole show real quick. It was it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. And the episodes were about 40 minutes. Just And they kept bringing you back, bringing you back to see what's going on. I was just mystified by, like, were people just trying to throw others off from whether they're the mole wrecking, sabotaging these missions they're sent off on? Or were these people just genuinely not smart? Because <laughs> it was it was very blurry. <laughs> well, there's one and, huge moment mm-hmm. with the big money moment where you're like, what? What just happened? Yeah. So, so asinine. And... and the funniest thing to me is how cutthroat these people are over peanuts of a prize. They keep dooming themselves to have the smallest like pot possible. Yeah, and they're of, the ones that are, money that to are trying to win it, aside from the one mole. And even then, at the end of the day, the prize money is about the same as the circle, and they've done a million things more than what you oh, have to yeah. do in the circle to, <laughs> to get there. you just sit in a room and chit-chat. It's so silly, uh, but thoroughly enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. It's, it's just so it's so it's like candy. Like it just goes down. But oh, it's yeah. all shot in Australia, so it's very pretty. Yep. And now I'm just pumped for uh, Dom Cruz and, and Will to oh, show yeah. up on, on the dating show. <laughs> Even though they just Dom, like you couldn't go Dom Toretto. You had to go Dom Cruz the whole time. <laughs> Dom Cruz. I know. I'm so amped. So amped. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll catch you next week on the pod. You know where to find us. Leave us five star ratings and review five-star rating and review if you so choose on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to us uh, you can find all our episodes on our podbean website as well and you can find us on twitter instagram facebook if you want to engage with us lordsgratham at gmail.com we have a patreon mm-hmm. where we'll be doing some more bonus stuff soon enough and uh yeah we'll catch you next time on the pod yeah.